What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the PowerPod. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for the support on the last episode. Now, Evan, you're going to have to help me a little bit. What, uh, how would you like me to present you in terms of what you do? I've, would you like EDM artist, musical producer? Is DJ, like, not the term anymore? Um, to be honest, I'm what do you want me to be? I'm right. at, I do it all. <laughs> all right, I'm going to say, I'm going to say EDM artist, DJ Ev Wild, joining me today. Thank you so much for coming, genuinely. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, we were just chatting about that we're, we're both seeing each other's clips on TikTok a good bit. And there was one clip that I saw that I was, thought was fucking hilarious when you said that you used to listen to like pirate radio on like a disposal radio in your gaff. Yeah. And that was like your first intro. Was that like the first intro to like electronic music when you started? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It used to be, um, I used to go down to the pound shop yeah. and buy the, the disposable radios. They used to have the, the flat circular batteries. And what I used to get out of that was probably five nights of listening. Yeah. And then you had to throw it out. You had to go down to the pound shop and buy a new one again. And that's yeah, it was that was kind of my first introdu- introduction to to dance music. And you you were listening was it Tonic Radio you were listening to? Was yeah, it? you know what's mad? Tonic Radio. I was just driving down here past Guinnesses. Yeah. Tonic Radio was a two minute walk from here. I was fourteen years of age. My ma used to let me in here on the bus, go in with me the mates, do a do a radio station, uh, do a radio show on an illegal radio station. And how how did you even get into that? How do you um, even, how do you get the opportunity to get to do that? Again, list going dating back to the disposable radios that I used to have. Yeah. They were all pirate radio stations I used to listen to. And I just used to love how they were pirate. They were illegal radio stations. They weren't meant to be there, but they were there. Mm. I'm the type of guy, as a kid, Evan, don't put your hand in that fire. And I put my hand in the fire. You're putting, you your, fa- you're putting your face in there. That's like. it. Yeah, yeah. Was uh, was was pirate radio at the time, like, I've, I don't know if you've seen this, but just from, um, did you ever see People Don't Just Do Nothing? It's a show in the UK no. about a pirate radio station. No. But, uh. The, the vibe in it was that you build like this cult following of people that listen and I like, call in and stuff like that. So did you list call in and be like, look, if you're ever needing someone to do a set, I'd love to DJ. By the way, I'm 13. Yeah, to be fair, I was one of them little hustlers that used to text into Let radio. Let me spin. <laughs> yeah, play this tune, play that tune. Um, I never, to, to be honest with you, I text them on Facebook. That's how I got in yeah. touch with the radio station. They asked me to come in, have a chat. And they said, listen, give us 50 quid and you can play a weekly show. I'm like, what? So I have to pay you to play a weekly show. Yeah, yeah, 25 a week. I'm like, what? Okay, right, grand. Happy days, there you go. And I used to, I've done that for four years. And what was, uh, when you first did it, like the very first time you did it, you fucking, are you breaking it or did it feel? Oh, like- I had in the breeze what I was doing. Oh, fuck, okay. I had in the breeze what I was doing. Like, it's like anything, you know, when you, when you jump into these industries first off, you're winging it. You're winging it for the first three years. And did you, was this, did you hear like that type of music and be like, this is what, like the fact that these guys DJ for a living or like, this is what they do. I want to do that. Did well, you have to, that like attraction to it? No, to be fair, my dad used to own a pirate radio station called Future FM and it was in a barnet shed, a wooden shed out of back garden and he used to have an aerial twice the size of the house coming off the back of this barnet shed. When you went into the barnet shed, it was tiny um, there was carpet on the floor, the walls, and there was records on the ceiling. It smelled like stale smoke. There was cans of harp in over on the desk. Plastic balls of piss in the corner where someone could. Well, I'm sure like, there was that as well, but yeah, it just yeah, looked yeah. like cider to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tastes the same. <laughs> and uh, after that first session, you did, or like maybe the first few, you're like, "This is fucking class." Yeah, like, this loved is, it. That's what you instantly, want. instantly yes. loved it. It's weird how like. Yeah, just everyone I get to talk to on this usually has a passion of some sort, and that's why we're having the conversation. And no matter what it is, they're all like, there was something different in that like moment, and I was like, fuck, that's that's what I want to be doing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so when you first start doing it, like, 
everyone has a mate when they're younger who DJs. Everyone in their group has that one lad who has like decks and yeah. they'll do the parties. So were you like, is your growth in that and like learning your craft, like doing it in your room and then like maybe a mate's party or something like that? Indeed, yeah. We started, we first started off in me, uh, in me bedroom where I was DJing to the wall. That was it. It was DJing to the wall in front of me and uh, every house party that used to come up, all the lads would be like, oh, we'll get out, get out the DJ. I'm like, yeah, right, fucking too right, I'll DJ. Yeah. And uh, I, then I moved on and started doing 24th birthdays. I actually done a few weddings as well back but in my day. Probably that, that's the holy grail when you're younger because there's a bit of bread in that. Yes, bit. there is. God love the people that are at the weddings because I blasted it out for <laughs> a few hours. <laughs> Can you play wagon wheel? None of that. <laughs> Ragamuffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did, um, were you, so as you're kind of growing up, let's say, so you've, you've, you're in like your later teens now, you're doing like 21st and stuff. Are you working a job on the side as you're trying to like build yeah. this? What so I was in, my first job was in Argus. I was a stockroom assistant in Argus. Yeah. Christmas staff got sacked for there because I was robbing the Galaxy Minstrels. Got good. caught eating them, so I got sacked from there. Ev, I know that. You, I, Argus. I, I know that good, but you can't do it. I know. <laughs> Second job then, I, I was in uh, McDonald's. I was a manager in yeah, Nuggrove yeah. for seven years. Fuck, that's my local McDonald's, Is it, man. Yeah? What a fucking establishment. Probably the worst like, McDonald's in the country, to be fair. But I'm, I'm out in, uh, in Rialto now, and there's one like on just before you get to the M50 there now. It's tight operation. Like, Is it, they're, yeah? They're on top yeah. of that shit, like. I was um, a manager there for yeah for seven years, but my dad used to always. My dad was working on a building site across the road from this McDonald's where he worked. He used to always text me. He used to come in for his lunch every day, and he used to text me, "Son, you're no burger flipper. You're no burger flipper. I'm gonna take you on the building sites." So, long story short, he he winged me into building sites where, mm. and I was a carpenter for eight years. And all this time, you're honing your craft, doing bits on the yeah. side, getting better and better. Yeah. And did it make you, like, I'm sure it does now, but the fact that you've had to, like, work, and obviously you've you've signed for EMI now, and we'll talk about that a bit. But at the time, you have this dream in your future to probably just do this full-time as your job, just be able to make music for a living. So do you think, like, the building, that period of having to work the other jobs on the side has made you, like, work for it so much harder and maybe appreciate it more now? 100%. Yeah. 100%. When you're like, you know what it is, Sam, when you're sitting there and you're 25 years of age and your knees are hurting you, your elbows are hurting you, you can't climb ladders, you're like, right, something's going fucking wrong here. Mm. I'm too young for this, so I need a change ASAP. And uh, every day I used to go on to building sites, I'd have my two earphones in, I used to walk around, I get the work done and I go home. And the minute I went home, I was back into the studio till about 10 o'clock at night. Mm. Wake up the next morning, six o'clock, or no, five thirty, back out of the studio, back into work for seven. And that was my day, day in, day out, for a good five to six years. People don't see that. No. You know what I mean? Don't see no. that stuff. They probably uh, see like the the video of you on TikTok walking into Three Arena to open for Belters oh, when, when you walked in with your missus and yeah. stuff. They see that stuff and be like, oh, fucking I walk in easy into, life. Yeah, walking yeah. into Universal Records and shit for the first time. That's, yeah, that yeah, shit's yeah. not, that's, that only happens once and once in every yeah. now and then. That doesn't happen every day. Every day it's grim in my head. It's trying mm. to get that next tune out. And until I get that next tune in my head, you don't see a smile on my face. Mm. Did you, uh, did you have any, were there any moments where you were like, man, I can't keep fucking killing myself here with music, trying to get this work going on the yeah. side and like fucking, I have no time to myself. I can't put time into a relationship. I'm not socializing. This is killing me. Like, did you have any moments where you were like, fuck it? Of course. Yeah. My girlfriend would be able to, she was sitting beside me. She'd answer this. She, she's listened to me for the last four years, giving out about how I can't do it. What am I going to do? And. To be fair, she was she was a big push to say, Look, listen, I've just go for it. Music full time, let's go. Mm. Pedal to the metal, let's do it. Mm. And I'm a year. Do you know what actually, Sam? I was a year out of off building sites yesterday. 
One whole one year. year. One year. I haven't worked in one year, bro. Fuck. And that's not a lot of time. No, I left for Bali a year ago. I moved yeah. over. I was living in Indonesia for six months where I produced music over there. And I just came up with this kind of album. I called it Ev in the Wild. I was living in oh, jungles over there. Yeah. And uh, I was only sitting there yesterday. I got a notification on my phone one year ago. I'm like, what the fuck? But a lot has happened in that one year. Loads has happened. Loads has happened. I lived in Indonesia. I signed my first record deal with Universal Music. I played the Tree Arena, supported the biggest dance act in the whole country right now. What's tomorrow bring? When you when you first quit, right? When you're like gonna bail out, would you would you have in your wildest imagination been like it's gonna go in one year's time, this is where I'll be? No. Fuck, no. Man. And to be quite honest with you as well, after leaving after a year of the sites, I thought the minute I was coming back from Bali, I was going straight back to them building sites. But the big problem is what with people is they think they need money to survive. Mm. Realistically, you do need money to survive, but you don't need a whole lot of it. Once you can manage your expenditure, you are laughing. And that's what I learned to do over when I was over in Bali. And did you like, it, it's probably ballsy enough because you probably would have built a decent following in Ireland, had some good contacts you got to do some regular work with. And then you're like, all right, I'm off the building sites now, need to start supplementing my income. I'm going to Bali. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So what was the motivation to be like, I got to fucking go to Bali? You know what the, the, as well, the thing is about going to Bali was probably the best and worst decision I've made. Mm. But it, for, it was the best decision I've made because I had all the time in the world to make music. I was out of Ireland. I was out of just out of the bad habits that I have here in Ireland. Mm. I was over the other side of the world. I was on my own, just me and my girlfriend and the laptop. That was it. Mm. It was like a little tree family. <laughs> and then when like, when I came back over here, then it was kind of like pedal to the metal. Mm. Bro, I'm not forgetting what we we're talking about. No. So when, so when you first went, so you go to <laughs> Bali and you're like, you're like, obviously you're like, I want to try and I need to start making some fucking money now. Don't yeah. have to build a job anymore. You go to Bali. Are you like, I need to put an album together. I need to put a piece, a, like a, a piece together that I can like showcase. Yeah, my my initial thought was just get over there, get twelve tracks done, and for the hope of one track is gonna get signed. All mm. you need is one tune. Mm. But what Facts. I needed was time, and that's what I got. And so I, I do want to. I want to get more into like your, like the process. Fascinated by the process of making music okay. in general. Before that, what if you could look back now? What was a turning point for you? Do you feel like things something just clicked into motion? Was it like? Did you, when you came back from Ireland, did you spin a couple of times and be like, fuck, these tunes are like, people are loving these. Like, was there one of those moments where you were like, this is starting to click a little bit? It, it was mad because before I went to Bali, I kind of, look, I'm 14 years DJing. Yeah. I'm a long, long, long time DJing. I'm 40, oh, no, in, even in the community that of DJs that I'm in, mm. I'm like the bleeding daddy. Mm. I'm the oldest. These are all kids, mm. fresh kids with fresh ideas. And I'm like an elfler trying to keep up with them. Yeah. But You have actual records. Like yeah, well, well, I wouldn't be that old now. No, you say, man, you me, just me, like we're but both old. Then. When I came back, yeah, I was playing the tunes. So I was, I was, I was making over in Bali, and they were hitting off. And you, you know what the thing is, Sam? The the hungriness of this game is you. You're, you're making good music, but you're making trends. They only last a few weeks, and they're forgotten about. Mm. And the the industry now, like the 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 way like TikTok is used and stuff like tunes, it's only the fucking like for, disposable. You can get tunes. twenty seconds. Or, I will call you. That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's all you need. Like, that's it. People don't even like. And you know what? It's, it's it's absolutely ridiculous because as a producer, as a person that loves dance music and loves to create music, even going into the studio, I'm thinking I have to create twenty seconds. That's good, and that's all I have to create. Mm. Everything else will fall around behind that. Mm. It's fucking ridiculous. 
it's 2024. Well, it's gone into 2024. Because I, I like very like novice when it comes to like me like EDM and stuff like that. But the the tunes I used to remember and like the old school tunes was like. It, a song would start at fucking zero and it might be six minutes and the whole thing just goes like this the whole it's way up open. and you'd be like oh here it comes about four minutes in you're like it's about to go nuts and now it's like you hit that first bit the DJ's mixed in the next song within 35 seconds because well, the that, hook is in you know what I mean that's it even like when I made first made here we go again um, I started the tune with that part Simona yeah yeah when I got that signed the record labels the first thing they said we're cutting that out I'm like what we're cutting that out he was like like this is where the track needs to start because automatically 35 seconds gone off me chill and I'm like mate that's 2 minutes 30 seconds right down to now like mm. I haven't even bleed and t- taken a breath but before we go into I, I want to get into the breakdown of how you made that song but beforehand when you when you were fielding offers to sign with someone what, what kind of things were you looking for as like in your label and what kind of things does a label Get, like give you the opportunity to do just for people to maybe not understand like how the, the business end works like what does a label give you the opportunity to do and what were you looking for from wh- from whoever you signed with uh, the, the record label is the distributor so yeah. they are the people that are pumping the money into you that's mm. going to get your music to the right set of airs that it needs to get to mm. like for instance here we go again it's being played on BBC Radio 1 now for the last 10 weeks I believe Mad. every Friday bro yeah. like drive time radio like that's every time that gets played, five and a half thousand people are shazamming it. Mm. Every time. Yeah. Like record labels are the people, like we have all the tools up here. As producers, we have the tools up here. Mm. We've got the local support. And trust me, the local support is nearly all you need to start off. But what the record label can get you is first of all money. Mm. It can get you that radio exposure that you need to get. Mm. And plus it can get you the new fans like that because they're the ones that are pumping the money into the like the TikTok ads and the yeah. Instagram ads and and shit. Like for instance, I saw I DJing on the River Thames over in London a few weeks ago on a fucking boat, yeah. on a boat, Madness. like and everything was filmed and it was just deadly. But it it just allows you to just be the artist. You know yeah. what I mean? It handles all the other stuff inside, which is important. Like you, there, there's no doubt it's it's a valuable. Like it's an asset you need. Uh, when you put that, when when you were first doing, I'm trying to think. One number one, when you're looking for a vote, like vocals or a sample for yeah. for beast music, what what kind of things are you listening for? Like when you have a a beat, let's say an instrumental done, do you immediately be like, that's mad. This is a male vocal tune. This is a female vocal tune. I want the tone to be like this. Do you have like lyrics prepared or does the vocalist come in with her own ideas or his own ideas? Uh, I, the vocalist would usually come in with their own or his own ideas. Um, I usually go for a female vocal. I love, I love female vocals on a dance track. Yeah. Um, so I'm me personally, I don't write. I'm in the process of trying to train my brain to write lyrics. Uh, it's a hard graph. It's totally I'm, different thing. I'm like. severe dyslexic, bro. Yeah. And I just, that light is one. I just want to go over and touch that light even shining on me now. It's just, I'm just, my brain is elsewhere. Mm. And when I'm sitting down to try and write lyrics, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck this, I'm lost. Mm. So I'm back to making music. So usually what I would do, I'd have an instrumental ready. I'd give a, a brief guidance to the vocalist. This mm. is what I want. And that's, they'll come to me. So for, for here we go again, how many people did you have, like, give their input on that or like try vocals over it before um, you, you settled on these? Really? Yeah, bro. I was actually, Shanice was supposed to come up to me to record a complete different song. Mm. My neighbor got bad news. Uh, I have a mo- and down my mobile home that we were talking yeah. about a while ago. Uh, my neighbor got a bit of bad news and he was just telling me the bad news that he got and Alexa was on in his mobile home. Mm. And James Blunt comes on. Here we go again. I'm like, fuck me. That's a catchy old tune. That isn't it? So I was, sorry, 
have to stop you there. That's a good tune. Let me shazam that. Yeah. Shazam it. And about, oh, this was the day I was getting into the studio with Shanice and she came in about three hours later. I think the tune took about six or seven, six hours or seven hours and it was done. Like done. Now that's six, it was over two days. So mm. six hours of working time and it was mm. done. It doesn't like, these, these tunes don't take long. Yeah. It's the sound selection that you're picking in these tunes, and that's what makes it. And are you sitting there when she first, like, has a few takes out and be like, fuck, this might be the one? Yeah, well, like, you think that every tune, bro, yeah. to be quite honest yeah. with you. Like, you were thinking that at 14 on Tonic. Yeah, like, this is it, boys. Every yeah. tune. But look, at the end of the day, if you've got the following on TikTok and you've got everything you need on TikTok, mm. every tune will be the tune. Mm. And until you have that, no tune is going to be the tune. And do you have, do you have a sense, I'm sure you do over like any of your work, do you have a sense of like, almost like, almost like a child, like protecting it, being like, look, this needs to be amazing. This is what, so like, for example, if someone would come in and they're not hitting what you'd like it to be, are you comfortable enough to be like, look, all respect, but I think I need to go in a different direction with this or I have other ideas. Like, do you have that sense of, yeah, I guess like pr protectiveness over your songs to make sure that you do them the justice they deserve? You yeah. Know? Yeah, fair. Every, like, it's not even that, Sam, every tune needs to be better than the last and like if you're sitting there if you have no faith in the record that you're sitting down producing recording sometimes can take 50 hours on a tune if you've no faith in that other people out there are not going to have faith in that so i don't put it out and even like when i'm sitting there recording shanice for instance you know i'm sitting there right you need to sing like this sing, sing like this i'm very very uh glued in to the to the process of everything do you think you have like a certain gift that you have when you like, I guess almost you can kind of like feel it when you're producing. You're like, oh, that just feels right. I, I remember seeing a documentary about like Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre together and they talk about Dr. Dre in the studio and he's like, he, even Dr. Dre's like, I don't even know what it is, but I just know when it is what it needs to be. I know, I can, I know that feeling. And yeah, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy Iovine's like, he hasn't been wrong yet. He's like, when he says this is it, he he's always right. You know? so do, you, do you think you almost, like you have something born in you that's like built for composing music essentially you know what dr dre probably does has a has a gift but uh ev wild certainly doesn't no bro i'm literally i get in the studio i, I don't i've got um severe imposter syndrome yeah, as yeah, well yeah, so yeah. i find that i need like three pairs of ears to a-okay it so it gets in my head and mm. um, i don't feel i have a gift bro no i just feel like um it's just another trade that i'm that i'm trained in to do and i've always loved music Mm. All always loved music. Back to the disposable radio days, to twenty twenty four. Always loved music. Mm. I just feel like I've just no, I don't have a gift. It's just a trade, bro. It's work. Do you have a like when you party now? Did was there a shift between when you were DJ when you were younger? You'd have a few drinks. You're half on the session, and yeah. now it's like completely flipped. And you might even go being fucking I beat there, something like that. And you're just spinning and going back to the the room. Like, is there a shift at some point where like I need to stop? You don't want to do the partying as much, and you want to just do the work. I gave up drinking three years ago. Fair play. How do you uh, feel? Partying. I was, I was, I don't know if we can say on the podcast, but I was just a party animal. Mm. I was a kitchen, sitting in the kitchen, 7 a.m., partying, talking shit to everybody. And that was me. I gave up drinking three years ago. Yeah. Mm. I felt like I needed to give up drink because it was bringing me back. I wasn't going forwards. I was going back. Mm. Um, I was, you go out on a Friday, wouldn't come home till Monday and you're in bed till Thursday. Yeah. And you're getting nothing done. Mm. Absolutely nothing. And then what are you doing? You're doing it all again on Friday. Mm. That's, that's, not, that's not, not... You're not going to get... You, you unfortunately, be, you can't do both. Like you cannot be successful while you're at that game. You can't. 
how have you felt over the last two years since? Yeah, uh, to be honest with you, yeah, I felt great. I've got, um, I don't, I don't suffer mentally. I have again, I've got imposter syndrome. I feel mm. that that takes over a lot, a lot of the time. Like my my brain kind of works in cycles. Mm. Three three weeks, two weeks to three weeks of the month, I get an idea, 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 and then I'll have a week or two, and it's just nothing. Mm. I'm I'm in that week at the minute, and it's just nothing. But there's there's many other things to do, like coming in and chatting to you on a podcast. Hopefully, I can inspire you. Mate. <laughs> uh, we spoke about one of the first things I saw, and like related to you that you spoke about, or on on your TikTok, I think is where you said I like to when I know I have the tune on my laptop and it's in there, I just need to go make it. You like to like escape down to your mobile home, have like. A sanctuary and do your work and just yeah. get isolated i'm the exact same i seek a lot of like i like to be alone in my thoughts i'm quite in like it and and like the advantage of me doing this is i can do everything myself which allows me to be on my own and do it all and um, so would you would you say it's it's weird because people think with djs you love the you'd think you love like the company of other people and being in the clubs and all that kind of stuff do you find yourself as more of like a an introverted person yeah. and maybe and maybe even as you grow you you become more and more introverted as you go you know what it is it's, a lot of time i find like there's, there's some days I wake up and I'm like, oh, I don't even feel like talking to people. Yeah. When you've got a mobile home and a little getaway place like that, that's when I feel like I'm at most, like I'm at my, my brain is at 100% to Powerful. get shit done. Mm. And yeah, when I've got like the likes of the mobile home and stuff, I just get down there and I get things done. I find I get things done twice as quick in my own space. Mm. But like, I'm not saying like having people around is bad. It's not bad, but I feel like I get more things done when I'm on my own. It's, and it's it's obviously like when you see something like what let's just say like what Belters only are doing now, and we'll chat about it a little bit more. When you see like two lads, they kind of work together to build something together. Do you do you think like there's do you see the advantage in working with another person like that, or do you find like for yourself personally, I need to be able to just do it all myself, and that's that's the way I like to do it, you know? Of course, yeah. So the way I was telling you that my brain kind of works in a three week cycle, probably two weeks off, three weeks on, two weeks off. Mm. I find uh, this is what I'm doing actually at the minute. So for the two weeks that I'm off, I'm, f I'm doing my best to get in with other producers. So I'm like constantly keep going. There's another producer there. I'm just a back man in the background, just giving the ideas. Mm. I find, yeah. So I find a collabing with people, it, no matter what industry you're in. If you're nice. in, if you're in the fabric industry, collabing with people, it's the best thing since a slice of bread, bro. Is there, is there a, like, Oh, yeah, I'm fucking jealous because I've, I've got to shoot a few bands when they're making a song, more like rock bands and stuff. I got to yeah. see them in, in the studio making stuff. It's, it's just a sick environment to be in. But like even for you, when you're, let's just say even when you're younger, what kind of, what, what, what artists kind of influenced you and your style when you're growing up? Like I just saw that you remixed, was it DJ Cami song you're working yeah. on? I just released this remix. Like, I remember fucking DJ Cami, my yeah. god mad. So do you have like, the only ones I remember is like fucking Tiesto coming up, Dead Mouse. Like those, those are kind of the tunes when I was coming up. So what, what kind of uh, artists influenced you? They were big. Yeah, uh, Tiesto was a major influence on yeah. me. For people that don't actually know it, we've got Tiesto tattooed on me leg. Yeah. I swear to God, bro, but Tiesto tattooed on me leg. Or is it just the name? No, it's his emblem. His, Look. It's his what? It's his emblem. Oh, fuck me. You're doing all it. Yeah. Looks fast. Tiesto, Tiesto to me was, uh, Tiesto was my biggest influence back mm. in the day. Even when he was back in his, do you remember Tiesto when he had his big circle stage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the Tiesto that I used to love. Yeah. Trance music and um, Tiesto would have been used. Dead Mouse would have been used as well. But if you want to go back to the earlier days, I used to listen to like the DJ Sammy and stuff. Do you yeah, remember yeah, them? Yeah. Lasgo and... I'm trying to think of uh, what the fuck. There was a few like remix like uh, they do like uh, 
like when it was me was like a real uh, emotional tune and they like they think DJ Sammy mi- mixed that and they play like spin and shit do you remember like spin yeah, and spin, yeah, yeah. I remember when they'd fall on like a Adagio for strings at the end and people go mad everyone used to just go yeah. Tiesto Tiesto even if it wasn't Tiesto 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 it was like fuck that one getting impact out of my leg everyone's sweating wearing polos and all that with their mums outside waiting to collect them like or Wes remember Wes I do remember Wes man Very remember well. your man uh, oh, Donny or something wasn't he do you know so the don't sto- know him. story that goes on with Donny right is my ma used to know Donny quite well and I used to get fucking dogs abuse and lads being like yeah, you know he's polling your ma and I'd be like mate what the fuck are you talking about we're friends it's, but he used to be like he'd be like Sam and like me and a couple of mates be able to like skip in the front and I'd be like and then it, then you get to like 16 you're like mate you're weird and he just stopped going but uh, I do remember it well man but I remember it. Spin left more of an imprint on me than Wes did down in Leisureplex and yeah. Yeah, organ that yeah, was wasn't yeah, he yeah. Yeah. I remember John Gibbons and shit he was yeah. the DJ man, there they used to have big acts yeah, yeah yeah I remember I used to get my mom to like queue up in the pool place to get the tickets for all of us because we were in school and they used to like sell out and all. we'd go every month man. Yeah, yeah best buzz ever sick just over the break there we were chatting about like you were saying there people call you like the 10 year overnight success story yeah I think I, I, I'd I, you can find I'd say countless examples where people would be like oh he just you know fell into it you know what I mean like got lucky with something it's always backed up by fucking 15 years of graft man. he didn't a shy fall into it yeah he didn't a shy like a lot of people yeah again the 10 year overnight success story they don't see the thousand and one other tunes that have been going out the last fucking six or seven years, you oh, know. All the sixteen-year-old fucking birthday parties you did for fucking free and yeah. shit, honing your cl- honing yeah. your craft and shit. You know how many kids you had to see like sweating all over each other <laughs> as you're, you're spinning. And uh, but like even like when you're when you're talking about back in the day, you used to go and see Tiesto, you used to go and see Dead Mouse and shit. Yeah. Now, do you know what the beauty of it is? Now, when you go on a night out, mm. you're seeing one of the lads. You're yeah. seeing a local DJ that has grafted his fucking bollocks off to get to where he is now. And that's like, for when I'm up on that stage, for instance, I don't ever take that in. It's it's a blur to me mm-hmm. until I get off and I'm like, holy shit, that's what's happened. With the free arena gig, I was like, holy fucking shit. Next morning I woke up, I was like, what? Right. Let's fucking talk about that. Go when, starting off, when were you approached for that to be a potential. Oh, did you know the lads at all beforehand? Uh, I first met Robbie G back in Roy. What Ro- a name, like Robbie G. Robbie G. Like Robbie Griffiths is yeah, his yeah. Uh, it's birth just, name. It just flows nice. Robbie like. G is just much nicer. Yeah, shout out to Robbie G. I met Robbie G back in Roy Fenu. Uh, back, I remember, remember Roy Fenu? Yeah, you had to get a bus out there. He was only about thirteen. No, he was about fourteen. I think he was. He was DJing. Young, young lad. I was, I felt like an older fella compared mm. to him. And, uh, I went up to him, made myself known to him. I'm Ev. Nice, nice to meet you, Robbie. I love what you're fucking doing, mate. I love it. Mm. I want to do what you're doing. The next morning, I went home and I bought, or I didn't buy it. I actually cracked it, the project, the program to make music. He's the, Robbie J is the only reason why I'm making music today. Fuck. Yeah. And, and then, then back then to Bissy, uh, I, no, I didn't really know Bissy. I didn't know this over the years. I just knew him as like a fucking a sick producer. Yeah. He was to him, between him and Robbie, they were like Bissett was south side, Robbie was north side, and the two of them were the best producers of both of their sides. And what what do you think? Obviously, we're not this isn't the fucking Belters Only podcast, but just what do you think 
do you have any idea like what the conversation was between them to be like we should just join forces here and be like a a force together as far as i'm aware from what i know and it's out in the public um robbie was going through a bit of a hard time and robbie and bissett were both playing the same gigs and bissett drove robbie home from the gig that night mm. and robbie opened his heart to him eh? told me he was going through a hard time and he said look it let's get into the studio together let's make a few tunes and from what i believe the tunes were fucking great. Yeah, yeah, so they yeah. said, right, this is called Delta Slowly. Well, from it, what I believe now. It comes from a fucking, obviously, it comes from the, the most honest of places. Like, yeah. that, that's beast, man. So yeah, so what, what what's going on? So obviously they're, they're playing the three arena gig and I, they're, they're looking for someone to potentially open up for them. I right? was, um, I was sitting, I was down in Stalagen. There's a new toy filled restaurant open in Stalagen called Nara. Nice Shout one. out to Nara. Bang it. Is it? It's and close to me. I'm I was sitting there with me, ma, and I get a phone call from Evo, which is also a part of Belt as only. He's kind of like the back room. He sorted this. Yeah. 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 Sound Evo. Yeah, it's nice one, Evo. Big, Evo's my manager, up. by the way. Yeah, but uh, he rings me, what's up, Ev? Can you talk? I thought I was getting sacked. I was boy, what's up? Not clicking, bro. So I was sitting there whispering in the phone, boy, what's up? And he goes, have someone here that wants to talk to you. I'm like, ah, here, fuck, who's this? And it was <laughs> Robbie. Got- Robbie G goes, what's up? Uh, how would you feel to open up the tray arena next week? I said, what? How would you? I was, hang on a fucking minute. Hang on a minute. Yeah. Of course I want to open up the tree arena next week. They had it all videoed and all they did. They, they, the, re, the reaction was sick. What's the What's the initial feeling? Is there nerves there? Yeah. yeah. Every gig. If I'm playing in front of 50 people or like what I was in the tree arena, 7,000 people, mm. nerves. Very nervous. There, is there excitement there as well? It's, the excitement's always, always there. there. Look, yeah. I'm sitting there chatting to you. The excitement's there for the next gig and the next gig is uh, probably about 300 people. Mm. The excitement's always there. This is what I work for. And what kind of, uh, number one, how long are you expected to do when you're opening up for someone like them? Like, what's your set? I actually only got half an hour on the tree right now. So I'm like sitting at home and that's usually only about six or seven tunes. Mm. Like, how, how, how fucking... Are you pouring over that track list, being like, what the fuck am I going to play? I like, done the track list twice at home, two days before the gig, and I'm like, right, bang on, 30 minutes. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Like, you know what? When you're opening up the tree arena, it's it's a mad feeling because you're looking out at this big empty arena. There's nobody in this arena. And then five minutes, 10 minutes into your set, bro, the, the, the dance floor is full. Like, I was standing there and I was just watching people run. Mm. Obviously, it's belt as only. Everybody wants to get to the front and they're not fucking leaving until they're over. Mm. But, like, I'm watching people run from the minute them doors are open. Mm. I had about seven people, 7,000 people on the dance floor when I was finishing. And uh, there, there's that clip I saw going around of you walking in with your, I think it was your missus, yeah. and you're like seeing it for the first time empty. Yeah. What's that feeling like? It's, you know what? You just feel like a little boy in a big jungle, bro. Yeah. It's 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 a mad feeling. And it's, fuck. Man. But like, when you, you know what? Every single step that Belders only had making in their music career, I'm just following them. Mm. I'm following them. I'm a carbon copy to what they're doing, what I'm trying to be, mm. because they're successful. Mm. What do I want to be? I want to be successful. Yeah, but it's, it's like saying a, a band, an up and coming band now looks at fucking Oasis and be like, I want to do that. Everyone's trying to be successful. But like the, the beauty is you're doing the same thing, but you're both doing it in your own ways. 100%. So like, it's just, it's just, everyone has, it's like fucking Conor McGregor fighting every Irish fighter now. I was like, there you go. There's the route straight yeah. through. There wasn't one before. 
uh, when you first get up there, so obviously it's nerves the whole way through. With the, you're obviously in the back, you can hear the crowd like getting louder. You're like, oh fuck! As soon as you get up there and start, does it just like you click back into DJ mode and it, you just bang it out? It's mad. There was no crowd when uh, when we were in the dressing room. It was empty. Yeah. It was, oh it fuck! Was, okay. I'm sitting there. My brother. Worse. Well, no, my mate is texting me. My mate Steve is texting me, sending me pictures. Ev, mate, there's a fucking crowd out here, yeah. and they wanted the, the the picture was mental. Mm. So that's when the real nerves start kicking in. I went down. I was like that trying to press the button but once i got through the first one I, and going back if there's 50 people in front of me seven thousand people in front of me i'm still like that once i get through the first tune i'm brand new well, i don't know what it is that's a superpower then like because you know even now as the crowds will inevitably get bigger you're like well it's the same dance do you know what i mean yeah. i'm still in control no matter what uh i want to ask you a bit about like the lifestyle of a dj which is quite you know for you're probably doing late nights, a lot of travel, probably can't like be as consistent with your food as you'd like to be because like, there's a lot of travel going on. How do you find like that lifestyle? How do you kind of balance? balance um, you know? but since I came home from Bali, uh, this year, as I was saying to you, is kind of like the first year that I've really seen myself as a DJ and working in the nightlife industry because before I, was, I never got booked. Mm. Like I just was not getting booked. I was a DJ in my bedroom for a long, long time, but yeah. I just wasn't getting booked for gigs. Now, since March to now has been the busiest year of my whole life, mm. and I fucking love it. I love it. I love getting on planes, just me and my laptop, going over, doing a gig. Sometimes I go straight from the club back to the airport. Mm. Other times I'll go back to the hotel and I'll go straight back to the airport when I wake up. I find not to spend too much time in the destination that I'm going mm. because I'll start spending money. And I need to get home because I don't need to spend money in this. All of us tight bastards, like keeping every good man, keep every fucking cent. Do you have a, when you, like a, a lot of, you know, a couple of DJs now, they have like residencies and things like yeah. that. Like, so what is for you, what's your ideal setup as a DJ? Would you like to be like touring festivals, things like that? Would you like like a residency in like Las Vegas? Do you like the European scene a little bit more? Like, or maybe of the things you've done so far, what's felt the best? Can I phone a friend? Yeah. <laughs> Hello. How you um, done? How you done? I, do you know what? I'd, I'd like it all. Yeah. I'd like it all. The festivals are number one for me. That's mm. what I want. I want to. That'll be next summer for you. I man. am. Well, I want to do Longitude. Longitude is on my back doorstep. My house is here. Longitude is here. Mm. And I want to walk to my gig in Longitude. That's a force. I'm going to break a Guinness World Record. I'm going to play Longitude this year. Should, Mark my words. You should do what, uh, what Versatile did when they did Three Arena. They like videoed the outside of them walking in from like the flat and rings end. They walk into Three Arena. And, like, yeah, through, sick. Because uh, like fucking Longitude, like I live just beside like BCS there. So like, yeah. you can hear it from, you can see everyone walking in and stuff. Man, I'd say Longitude's 100% your future. Like, especially well, Evan, Evan fucking shipping. Evan will be on that. Like he'll get you in there 100%. It's look, it's 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 not when, it's uh, it's not how, it's when. Mm. It's going to happen. But like, see what back when I'm at a festival, that's when, like, my heart is full. Other people might be different, but when I'm in a festival and I'm walking around, everybody's happy, drunk, or whatever else. <clears throat> they're, they're, they're enjoying themselves. Yeah. That's when my heart is full. So if I'm up on the stage playing to all them people, that's what I want to do. That's that's life. So what's your uh, what's your priority right now? Just build your, like, library of music and, like... Yeah. And are you, uh, like, week to week, are you still doing, like, a few gigs a week? Or right now, are you in a writing phase? I kind of I kind of stick to one gig a week. Yeah. Um, this weekend, I've got two gigs, happy days. But, one, it's like, it's hard to get one gig a week. Mm. Um, sometimes, we probably only one gig every two weeks. So, you're kind of, you're trying to keep that money from that one gig to last you mm. the two weeks. Because I don't work. Yeah. I don't make an income anywhere else. Mm. This is my income. Mm. So, um, yeah, I kind of I do one gig a week, yeah. 
And uh, for of, of like the places in Dublin, just as more for me, just as a, as a question, what kind of venues in Dublin do you think are the best for like EDM music or ones you like to play that have a good atmosphere? Bro, the, the Dublin's gone to the dogs. It's man. to the dogs. Is it's it? gone to the dogs. Fuck. There's a new venue open called yeah. Warehouse. Is that, that the been, RDS? I've been doing a bit in. No, it's in there, the Red Cow. It's actually oh, fuck me. Okay. in a warehouse yeah. in the back of the Red Cow. And it's, it's it's a fucking sick venue. They've mm. put a lot of money into it. I've been playing there quite re- uh, quite a lot actually recently. Um, Tramline. I was in Tramline yeah. when I came home in Bali. That was the, that was the OG. That's where we all used to hang out. Mm. Um, that's gone. Uh, where else do I play? Play the Grand Social, the Academy. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like it's more, bro. It's more club nights that I'm playing for rather than the nightclub that I'm playing for. Mm. It's these club nights that are coming in, you know. And do you, uh, like, when you're, are you sitting on a load of music right now, or like tunes? You're, you're like, do you have a few tunes that are like ninety percent there that you're like, these, yeah. these will be coming soon. Yeah, you know what it is. Uh, even when I was in the car on the way in, I'm like, again, I'm, this week is my bad week, so I'm like battling these fucking demons in my own head saying you're not a good producer but when I just as you say that I'm looking at a, 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 a private playlist that I have on the phone there and there's up to the guts of there's definitely 20 finished tunes and there's up to the guts of 90 starts mm. so I'm like you're, you're that's good it. enough yeah man and you've got like is your is it an, is an album the next thing you're thinking of or do you want to drop some singles and maybe like build towards the summer with the, with the record label I've got a three track deal for the fourth so mm. I've got another two tracks on that deal yeah. um, then there's it follows through to another two tracks after that and then two tracks after that I think it's seven tracks in total the deal is so I will be pushing for an EP to, mm. to try and finish up on this deal you know what i mean just so i can get into the next deal i do this full time sam this is what i do so it's like i make something from nothing mm. literally that's what i do yeah every day every day i start a new idea mm. whether it's a shit idea or whether it's a fucking great idea i start a new idea idea because you don't know what that idea is going to bring to you it can mm. change your life forever and you've got like i guess the be- like the beauty of it is you now have the opportunity especially with like you know you have distribution and stuff like that like you can really really put the time into knowing like this is going to be like plan out your basically plan out your plan of attack and be like these are going to be the ones i'm going to drop like you have so much in the back you can kind of pick and choose yeah. and almost like cultivate the way you'd like it to be done well i've got good i know i've got good tunes there. i've got fucking decent tunes there but the record label i kind of like if they don't like them they don't go out mm. you know what i mean and that's that's that is a bit unfortunate yeah. at times because you know they are bangers. Mm. Like I've got bangers there. I've got I've got tunes like with with, with Jazzy there. I've got tunes with Clementine Douglas there. You know, yeah, yeah, all yeah, I yeah, was yeah. asking for is. Um, I've got tunes with Arco there. There and also another big duo over in the UK. But I don't think the record label are too pushed on these tunes. I know you know the bangers. So Fuck. it just they just it probably just needs a little bit more convincing. But we'll yeah. get there. I know for a fact if I blow any of these tunes up on TikTok, they are out mm. but quicker than I can blink. What do you make of uh, Jazzy's kind of like she's having a fucking big like last yeah. like two years or something starting to blow up? What uh, number one when you're working with her, she like is obviously super talented. Do you kind of like see why she's made, been so successful in there? Is she like natural in there and like her voice is obviously amazing? Oh yeah, I worked with Jazzy about, about roughly about a year and a half ago, mm. um, before she it's was better. yeah yeah she was just a feature on Belters Only's tunes, mm. um at the time, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal voice, phenomenal person. She's from she's the same upbringing as us. She's from a council estate mm. in Crumlin, and yeah, it's just absolutely blown it out of the park. 
what's that? Uh, I need something, something that be oh. bumping. Fuck. That's a fucking chill. Come on, is. that just gets you fucked. I listen to that in the gym all the time, man. It's you know what? It just hopping. It has that. Like, I love 90s dance classics. Mm. And that just brings me back to the 90s. Mm. I don't know why. It just has that melody. Would you? I'd say you'd love to fucking, if you could take fucking pill and go back to the, the 90s for a week and just fucking live in that set, like just experience that nightlife for a while and then come back <laughs> take a pill and go back to no Grove Park yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you have a do you have fuck man do you have like I'm trying to think of like a dream venue that you'd like to do but you already said kind of the festivals like do you like let your picnic down at the down in the, the forest like those kind of things would they all be on your list yeah did, did you know what bro I'm just the kind of guy that just wants to get into the public eye I want to get mm. my face now and as well as my name. I'd like to be doing like these, do you, do you ever hear a capital dance and stuff? The yeah, radio yeah, yeah. station yeah, over yeah. the UK. I'd love to get myself involved with all of these because let's face it, that's where the money is. Mm. The big money is in all these commercial dance tracks. Mm. So yeah, I'd love to get me face into like the O2. Um, I'd, Belters only, for instance, are doing, uh, have started their UK tour. They're in, they're not UK they're tour. In Australia. Australia yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, Jeremy. Yeah. They've started their Australian tour. They've touched down yesterday. So like, bro, that's, yeah. That's that's the other side of the world they're getting to see from making something from nothing. Robbie G from fucking uh what was it, right venue, yeah, to fucking down Australia. To Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's and what yeah. does it come from? It all comes from consistency. Them two boys are consistent. They're putting out a tune. When I first signed my uh, record deal with Evo, Evo told me he goes, Look, uh, not my record deal. Sorry, cut that. When I first signed my first management deal, where Evo, mm. Evo told me, look, Ev, we need two tracks a, a, a month area. I'm like, wow, that's, that's a lot oh, of fucking yeah. music. Like he goes, look, if you want your name to progress and get your name out into the public eye, we this need two it. tracks area. It's consistency. That's all we need area. Mm. Bro, he was not wrong. Mm. Two tracks a month. It was hard graft and, but it became quicker. It came easier to deal with. Mm. And, uh, Look what's got me. Is he? Is he? Uh, is he a young young fella as well? Yeah, I think he's younger than me. I think he's about twenty seven. Because yeah. I've seen his name pop up like in like Belters Only, Versatile. Like, is he just on the management side, like musical artist in in Dublin kind of thing? Um, I, but, but he he's uh, Bissett's best friend. Okay, fuck, so okay, the two of these boys had a dream of Belters the fucking Only. Boys in Dublin, you know what it, it is, bro? Class. They they started Belters Only as a club night. Mm. And then I progressed into let's make a duo and that that driver Robbie G in the car. Mm. Let's make a duo. Fuck man, it's 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 actually genuinely in a in a time right now where like Dublin's a bit fucked. It's class to see lads doing. Even like I just saw a clip there, the lads in uh, Belt is only down in in Australia, and they're like literally it's just a clip it's obviously DG, in the hotel D, DG media they're obviously like bro and uh, they're just putting a little thing I'm like fuck man these lads it's just always fucking bro you know what their, their, their melody and now new to, to this year they're lyrical geniuses mm. what they're doing is mm. just like look at Jazzy for instance giving me they mm. produced that tune yeah. and they wrote song wrote the, the lyrics to that tune as well mm. 100 million hits that tune got talented fuckers man I hit 100 million streams today that, do you think about that is that is that platinum or anything like that? Like Having a fucking brace, but it's big. It's fucking big. It's what <laughs> it's it is. Big. Like, it's fucking dollar signs. That's what that is. Uh, do you think it's like Dublin or like Ireland as a scene? Do you think there's a ton of like, or we're in a bit of a a bit of a special time right now with yeah. a lot of artists coming out right now? It seems to be yeah. everywhere I'm looking. There's younger cats coming up. You know what? It like lockdown. Yeah, lockdown, lockdown just gave everybody 
the ability to do whatever the fuck they wanted to do. Mm. I built a recording studio on lockdown. Mm. That's what I done. And like after that recording studio was done, I spent nothing but day after day after day after day in that studio. I know people that only start producing in lockdown. They've got record deals now. Like it just shows like people take, you get that time. Some people like, I'm going to fucking smoke weed and play Fortnite all day. Some lads are like, I've got fucking whatever this is going to be. Might be a year, might be five years, but I've got nothing else to do but build on what I want to do. This is when I started the podcast. It was it, yeah. yeah. Was it, yeah. Well, look, that's and did it in my sitting room. Little lockdown business, yeah. Like that's a, that's the beauty of lockdown. I fucking love lockdown. I'm not gonna lie. I really did enjoy lockdown, but yeah. towards the end, I was like, ah. But I, I, I especially the idea of being able to, I guess, because we both again, it comes back to working. Like we both can do everything ourselves. So you can sit down on a Tuesday and you can have a finished song that can be making you money at the end of the day. You don't have to be like, even if you're in a band, you have to get all the lads in to try and like get in this lockdown. No one can go. You can just play grand. I'm down, yeah. I'm down to the fuck mobile home. I'm going to just start graphing out chains. And you know what the mad thing is about it these days, right? You can do the most illegal thing possible, which is ripping off somebody's vocal. Look yeah. at Prada, Casso. I got Prada. Mm. All of them. Massive. Yeah. Absolutely massive. It's fucking Ray and D-Block Europe. Like, <laughs> like that's the most illegal thing to do ever. He remixed it, put it out, it blew up, and they gave him the clearance to release it. Like, Do you have, uh, do you have, when you're kind of sampling something, do you have artists that you like, do you hear, like when you're, for example, looking for, looking for samples, something to kind of build off, what do you, where, where do you go when you're listening for it? Do you go back to nostalgic old tunes you used to listen to? Is there artists you like or voices you like? Sometimes, sometimes I will, like for instance, that last tune I done, The Dancing in the Dark, that bring yeah. you back to 2K6. Yeah. Like that was kind of, there that? you go, 2K6. Oh, but when I, uh, I had the vocal there, so I knew what I was dealing with then. But if I'm starting a track without a vocal, without anything, it's just from my head, bro. Mm. Um, I should probably start referencing off other tunes to keep the ideas fresh in my head. I don't yet, mm. but it's something I will be doing down the line. Do you listen to, uh, do you listen to all types of music? Do you like to no. get, you just listen to it? Dance music, yeah. yeah that's bro. it, exclusively. Dance music, yeah, yeah. So even if you're like driving, you're driving back like up to Dublin from your mobile home and you're like, you're feeling a bit in your feels. You don't like crack on like fucking Adele or something. Just find that. No, it's some. Do you know what? You're gonna think. You're gonna say, yeah, he's fucking spoofing. I actually fucking love James Blunt. I love James Blunt. James Blunt was a massive. Uh, my ma used to love James Blunt back in the day. Well, I remember. Remember when you could record tapes, cassette yeah. tapes yeah. from the radio. Yeah. Well, we got you record the radio basically. We got a James Blunt. Uh, it was a whole it was a disc that's yeah. what it was at the time my ma's car didn't have a disc yeah, and my brother played the whole disc and recorded it onto a tape just so my ma could have James Blunt's album mm-hmm. in the car his uh he just brought out a song recently uh called Monsters think about his dad passing oh my god to listen to that when you're on your drive home I haven't heard it it is fucking beautiful it's horror like it's heartbreaking like but it's it's Probably my favorite song he's brought out. You know, it's magic. Like, like do you ever, do you ever just listen to James Blunt and stuff? Like, even with 1973, that was like, mm. obviously, it's his biggest tune. Mm. And how the fuck does he come up with them lyrics, bro? Because they yeah, are poetry, like it literally poet. That's what it is. Mm. I heard him do. Um, I heard him do. Yeah, like obviously, wise man, boy. I heard him do "You're Beautiful" live, and I heard him do "Monsters" live on like this YouTube video. And his voice sounds not even exact. It sounds better. Yeah. live it's fucking yeah. incredible and then like you you and he hits every note perfectly it's just magic and you know what he's a fucking legend as well you ever gets, see him on he, social he media a little bit of stick i mean my mom was saying i mean he's fucking unbelievable yeah it's mad but like i i don't think he gives a fuck he made so much bread off like you're beautiful and shit he's like i don't care uh Boy. did you watch uh 
I don't know if you saw it. Do you watch any like documentaries of musicians on like Netflix and stuff like that? Um, yeah, I have. I have watched Lewis Capaldi. Yeah, fuck, that was heavy. Oh, yeah, it was heavy. Seen. To be fair, bro. But, and do you know what the the beauty, like not the beauty, the worst part about that whole thing is, it can happen to any of us at any time. We don't know when it's gonna happen. Mm. Like at the minute, bro, I'm bald at the minute. Yeah, mm-hmm. I shaved my head because mm-hmm. I've got severe psoriasis. Yeah. And the number one thing that either triggers that is whatever I'm eating or stress. Mm. I'm always stressed. Yeah. Like I'm just, I'm just one of them type of people. Mm. I'm always stressed. Every day of the week, I'm stressed over something. Mm. But I deal with it in my own way. So I've had to shave my hair because I've rashes all over my scalp mm. to try and treat it. Mm. But like th- that can happen at any point in time to anybody. It's all down to stress. You seem to have a very good understanding of yourself and like your like maybe where you fall down mentally and where you like you succeed mentally, but you have a very clear understanding of yourself. So like, do you think, I think what happened to like Lewis and when he got famous and stuff, so he couldn't deal with all the stress and his, he hadn't a good understanding of himself. So when he got into those moments, he just fucking imploded. Yeah. Do you think like, let's say everything does blow up and you're fucking flying everywhere, here, there and everywhere, doing festivals and all that. Do you think you understand yourself well enough now to be able to like, revel in that and be able to like succeed and not let it overwhelm you you know definitely 100 percent. and it's literally you know what it is only since i gave up the partying mm. if i was still partying now I wouldn't, I wouldn't understand myself i've got enough time now to sit there and and, and study myself mm. do you know what i mean and that's yeah. like i think that's something that everybody should do at some at the earliest point in their life because i'm 30 years of age in well i'm 30 in june but i've been living in this body for nearly 30 years mm. if you don't understand this body after nearly 30 years, there's something wrong. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, I find, I f- do you know what? Do you ever watch the Tyson Fury documentary? Yeah. I find I'm very similar to Tyson Fury. Okay. And my missus will probably A-okay that as well. I'm very, mood can be up, down, up, up down. down. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's- and you see how that, the, the impact that that had on Paris as well. Like his missus is like, fucking one unbelievable she probably came out the best in that whole show like everyone fell in love with her like she's yeah. she knows how to deal with tyson she's unbelievable with her kids she's got fucking food going she's putting his clothes well like she's run the whole place and she she's learned obviously i'd say like your missus has learned as well like how to deal with how to deal with it and know when to give you your space when to come in and like you know give you some advice or give you fucking whatever you need and uh i think the most important thing is like it came across a little bit like tyson doesn't understand maybe the impact that he has on Paris and maybe watching the documentary would show that. But versus that, I would say you have a very clear understanding of what you need in each moment. Yeah. And I guess like, that's all we can fucking do. Like, do you know what I mean? You can only understand yourself and be like, look, this is me. I'm just going through something, but you understand what you're trying to do. Yeah. That's it, man. That's all it is. And I, like, yeah. If you, if you can't understand that, you need to understand it because it's going to be a long, long life. And until you understand that and you can actually learn to, to deal and grapple with these things, it's it's going to be long. But people do, like alcohol is is such a great thing to block out all that shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you don't have to worry about what's going on mentally or how you feel because you just like, just get to Friday and I can just fucking party or party away till Sunday and I'll worry about it then. And then when you stop doing that and Friday, Saturday night, you're sitting at home with your missus, you're like in your own head and that's when you get to do that exploring. Like That's it. I think it's essential, man. And I think you fucking come across great. I think nice you under, one, I think you uh man you've a fucking very clear understanding of what you need to operate what motivates you and what you want to do to succeed. So that's fucking all we can ask. You know what? Jesus. I've got a clear vision. It doesn't happen all the time and that's when that's that's when it hurts most mm. when you know what you need to do and it doesn't work. Mm. Like again, I'm going back to making something from nothing. I'm a I'm a dance music producer and what I do is I create sound from my head. Mm. Yeah. But 
when, when, when you can't translate from your head onto that computer screen, it's fucking annoying. Mm. It's annoying. It doesn't work. Do you get, this is my last question. Go for it. When you, uh, when you put out Here We Go Again and like it starts to go and you're like, fuck, this is like going to be my one. What is that feeling like? Like do you, how quick is the happiness that you, one of your songs is starting to break through before you start worrying the fuck I got to follow this up with something? Yeah. Is that it for you? Yeah, um, when I first put Here We Go Again out. So first of all, I was getting hits. I was getting streams. I wasn't getting anything close to this, but I knew before even working with Shanice, I knew the power of TikTok. Yeah. TikTok is fucking crazy, bro. It it's absolutely crazy. See this? This is a toothbrush. Yeah. I've used this toothbrush for a week and I'm going to sell this on TikTok and some stupid agent's going to buy it. Mm. That's how powerful it is though, isn't it? It is. Right? So when I first put out Here We Go Again, uh, I woke up the next morning with 30,000 streams on it. It only went out at seven o'clock the previous night. 30,000 listens straight away. I was like, wait, hold on a minute. I've never seen numbers like this before. A week passed, 200,000, 300,000, 400,000, a million. I'm like, oh, fuck. When does this stop? So like, not every tune works as well as that does. Mm. Uh, not every tune is going to be as good as that. Mm. It's the beauty of it though. Yeah. This is what we do. Man, the unknowing is what it's all fucking about. Like, What's if next? you knew the exact formula, like it wouldn't be any fun, you'd know it's going to work. Like it takes, and I guess you live for that moment where you're like, fuck, it's going to go. Like, yeah. yeah. And, uh, sorry, I said last question, but when you banged out that at the three arena and everyone's singing it back to you, you're like, that is that the, that the fucking moment you're, you're going kind, for? Like, it's kind of like when, when, when I had Shanice in the studio, uh, recording it, I knew that here we go again part. Mm. I knew I was dropping the volume on that, that part of the song when I was playing it live. Everyone's singing that part. That's the fucking part. Mm. I drop it I, every single time and that's here. Here we go again. Every time. Yeah. I've got Shanice coming back over now to me on, we've got, we're actually in studio with one of Becky Hill's producers. Fuck. On the fifth, he's Becky, coming. Becky Hill does nothing but bangers. Like, oh, bro. Oh, just throws them so, out. Like. Yeah, he's coming over to my studio. He's going to produce and write with us. So yeah, I'm kind of like, bro, I just want to, this is a big black book in front of me and I just want to keep writing names in it mm. because it's not what you know, it's who you know. It's in every industry, so you get to know it. And just fucking, just try and take something from every single one. Every time you work with someone, you're like, fuck, I learned this from him, I learned this from him. I, I was over in London and I was in studio with, you know, that tune, um, da, 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 I need your love, I need, and I still want your hair back on my body. Your man's name is, uh, shout out to Johanna Shaw. He's the songwriter of that tune, bro. And I was in studio with him about three weeks, no, about a month, about a month and a half ago over in London. And, uh, he brought me over to Amsterdam with him, paid everything, everything paid for, bro. I only met this guy. Mm. And, uh, when you're in studio writing with these people and you take one thing out of them recording, uh, them recording sessions, that one thing that I took home with me, I was like, I could never translate into Google what I wanted to know. Mm. But when I explained it to this man in front of me, he's like, yeah, that's what you need to do. I'm like, holy shit. He gets it. Bro. Okay, collab man. with people, work with people, and talk to people. Because at the end of the day, if you don't, you're your own brain in your own bubble and you're not proceeding. Just be a fucking sponge out there, mate. Be a sponge. Unfortunately, that's what you have to do. Yep. That's what you have to do. Bro, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks I really for having appreciate me. It was this. It's a pleasure. Was I can't wait. Great episode. Can't really, wait to really do it again. Uh, thank you all for listening. Lads, go fucking follow all of Ev's shit, man. You know it's, but you know he's only putting out bangers. You know that. And uh, man, we'll see him festivals this summer. That's the. Saw me out with a little, just a little two past me and my missus. Come see you backstage. 100%. Best, just a little one. I'll be, I'll be in best behavior. It's outside for life. Yes, sir. <laughs> all right, lads. Cheers, folks. Appreciate it. Fuck yeah, bro. Nice one, bro. Enjoyed that. Bang on time as well. Was it, eh? <laughs>